Welcome to the Hurricane Center podcast, produced by the Storm Science Network and part of the National Tropical Weather Conference. This podcast is made possible by USAA, the South Padre Island Convention and Tourist Bureau, and Plylock's Hurricane Clips. Uh, Carola uh, received her professional training at the Technical University in Dresden, Germany. She moved to the United States in 2005 and has been working at LSU since then. After her experience with Hurricane Katrina, Carola started to work on a web visualization tool to help emergency managers and first-time responders to evaluate the impacts of storm surge during uh, active landfalling hurricanes. The CERA website was successfully utilized during severe hurricane events like Harvey, Matthew, Irma, Florence, and Dorian. So without further ado, Carola, it's all yours. Thank you very much for this introduction. It's great to seeing you all. Um, thank you for having me on this show. It's absolutely amazing to be here. So our group at Louisiana State University is currently preparing for the peak of the hurricane season, and I'm sure most of you do as well. Looking at the official forecasts and the current situation, it looks like we can anticipate another very busy season. So thank you again for having me here. And I'm going to share my screen and start the presentation. The 2020 hurricane season has already been busy with the seventh tropical system right now in the Atlantic Basin. And yet another active area of investigation that we need to monitor in the Gulf of Mexico. Generally, if you look back at the tropical events impacting the Gulf and Atlantic coast over the past years, they have clearly brought a renewed awareness of the vulnerabilities of the coastal regions to hurricane impacts. A lot of efforts are done to improve storm surge modeling, flood protection, and building forecasting systems. But it is not only the modeling itself that matters, it is also the effective communication to the end users like emergency managers or local and state agencies that is critical in this process. I would like to spend the next couple of minutes to give a brief overview of a web mapping tool that has been developed at the Louisiana State University with support of Louisiana Sea Grant. This storm surge visualization tool is called Coastal Emergency Risk Assessment, or short CERA, and it is a visualization and data sharing web portal to help communicate storm surge model results to the end users and to deliver storm surge guidance during impending or active tropical events. Hurricane forecasts often focus uh, on a storm's track and maximum wind speeds. But in a landfalling tropical cyclone, very often storm surge poses the greatest danger to human life. And this is because the water can rise very quickly and it can be as rapid as several feet in just a few minutes. The need for accurate storm surge modeling is therefore ever increasing and huge amounts of efforts go into running models in real time operationally. 
but also to model impacts of proposed coastal protection and restoration projects. When a tropical cyclone event occurs, three common questions arise. Where will the storm go? When will it get there? And what impacts will it have? The answers to these questions are critical for emergency response and recovery to achieve better outcomes and protect lives and properties. So how can we deliver the message best? There is no one-sided answer. Rather, we see this as a toolbox of models and visual products that complement each other. So when you try to track down storm surge or to propose the impacts of an incoming storm with regard to the amount of water, it has proven to be helpful to use a variety of products that look at impacts from different angles. And two examples for that are the slush model from the National Weather Service and the Atsok storm surge model. The slush, P-search maps, and the Atsok storm surge maps um, are telling two separate chapters of the same story, so to speak. The National Weather Service uses the P-search system to run hundreds of different slush tracks to cover the whole area where the storm might possibly go. So they make a final inundation map by merging all these probabilistic scenarios together into one single conglomeration map. The ATSOC model operates differently. It takes the official uh, National Hurricane Center forecast track and creates a full wind model out of it and then uses this wind field to calculate what the winds, waves, and water levels would do in response for such a specific scenario. So ATSA tells you what the most likely impact will be for a very specific predicted track. So while you cannot directly compare P-Search and ATSA information, both products have a huge value and deliver an important message. And we see them as complementary products that help emergency managers to make their concrete decisions. Our group uses the ATSOC model, uh, which is a computer model with a 25-year track record. This model runs on supercomputers to calculate the wind, wave, and storm uh, search information for an evolving storm. However, one of the key components of running a successful model like ATSOC is the delivery of the forecasting results to the end users. And of course, this should be done not only in a fast, but also easy to understand way. So in partnership with several universities across the country, the Louisiana State University has developed a real-time visualization tool to deliver the results from the storm search model to the end users in a timely manner and in a user-friendly manner. And this is the SERA website, which can be accessed via sera.coastalrisk.live. SERA provides several layers from the storm search model, including water height, inundation, wind, and wave maps but also hundreds of real-time water level stations and other overlay features to evaluate the impacts of a storm. 
So when we look back on how everything started and why we do what we do, we really have to go back to Hurricane Katrina in 2005. And what you can see here in this picture is the city of New Orleans with Lake Pontchartrain at the north. So the city is heavily protected by a system of levees and floodgates that can be opened and closed on demand. But some of them failed or got overtopped during Hurricane Katrina. And this finally led to the catastrophic flooding of the city in 2005. So after Hurricane Katrina, the US Army Corps of Engineers wanted to determine storm surge at three New Orleans drainage canals. And this is what you can see here circled in red. The current solution to close the canals during a tropical event at this time required a six hours uh, time effort and the use of pumps and tall cranes and especially the cranes uh, were of course heavily affected by high winds. So the core also wanted to get timing information and an estimate of the anticipated effects with regard to wind and water levels under similar storm conditions like Katrina. We came out with a first ADSERC system that produced storm surge and wind forecasts given a National Hurricane Center consensus track and four variations of it. And that was a faster and slower wind speed scenario and a left and right track scenario. But while this was very helpful, it was just for those three particular locations. And we just produced shots for those three particular locations, what you can see here on the right. So very soon it got obvious that we had to expand our capabilities because our users asked if this could be done for other locations or other storms as well. And what you can see here is the hurricane season 2008, which was a pretty busy one. And since at least a very busy hurricane season 2008, we had to come up with a more sophisticated, more pluggable and more flexible way to deliver the arts of storm search results in real time, but also with a larger spatial coverage. So one of the first things we had to do was to expand our regional availability. To let, give you a little bit of the background of the ATSOC model, the ATSOC storm search model utilizes triangle-based grids that provide geographic information, such as land surface uh, elevation or the land cover type. And such unstructured mesh, we call them unstructured because they have smaller and larger triangles, um, allow the model to be applied in different locations and at different resolutions. And resolution, as you all know, has a significant impact on the accuracy of the model's ability to represent land features. And those land features direct the movement of the water. So for that reason, uh, several regional measures along the coast have been developed and deployed, allowing to look at specific regions and high resolution. 
and to plug in and out model runs very quickly during a storm. So currently we run 12 high resolution regional meshes along the coast. And those measures have not only been developed by the arts of development groups, but also by FEMA and the US Army Corps of Engineers. As you all know best, time is very critical during a storm. So we had to develop a completely automated real-time decision support workflow. So what we do is during active storms is we ping the uh, servers from the National Hurricane Center every minute and try to get out the latest information from them. And every time a new forecast advisory is issued by the National Hurricane Center, our system starts its process to run the storm search model. We use supercomputers to recalculate and update the model projections every six hours. And the results will then be distributed via a web technology, which is the SERA website. And this website system will notify the end users with each new model update. Storm search modeling is in many cases very compute intense and running the ArtSoc model on supercomputers has become a critical component to deliver the results in a timely manner, uh, which means most of the time one to three hours after the official advisory from the National Hurricane Center. So we are partnering with several high performance computing centers like the Texas Advanced Computing Center, um, Louisiana Optical Network Initiative in Louisiana, uh, or the Renaissance Computing Institute in North Carolina. And this ensures that we have the computational power and the storage capacity to run storm search in real time. One example, and this is what you can see here on this slide, is the tech center. And the tech center only recently released a supercomputer called Frontera. And Frontera is the fastest uh, computer at any university in the world right now. So having access to such systems is incredible because urgent computing forecasts get stale very quickly. And forecasts need to be ready in time for a leader's morning briefing. And if they come too late, they are not usable and you can just discard them. So time is absolutely critical in the process. This is a look at the Sarah website. During a storm, the Sarah website will be updated with each new advisory uh, from the National Hurricane Center. And outside storm conditions, the site displays daily conditions once a day. So for each model run, there are several maps available from the storm search model, like the water height or storm search, the water inundation above ground, wind speed or significant wave height. But we also provide a lot of overlay features that just help to read the maps better. 
So the maps are fully interactive and you can explore them by zooming in, uh, zooming out, panning around, going back to previous advisories. We provide a full storm archive and also by clicking on any point of interest uh, on the map and you will get associated time series for the location that you are interested in, what you can see here in this chart on the slide. Especially for the general public, it is very critical to deliver a clear and official message. And that's why we partner with NOAA to show official results from their modeling systems. So outside of active storms, we present model results from NOAA's extratropical storm search and tide operational forecast system, which is called ESTOFS. ESTOFS also uses the ATSERC storm search model uh, to provide their forecast for extratropical weather conditions. And we only recently have expanded our capabilities to display the daily maps for both the Atlantic and the Pacific um, basin. We show more than 250 uh, NOAA water level stations as provided by ESTOFS, and that can be fully explored on the CERA website. And they allow to compare observed water levels and predicted forecasts from the ATSOC model. So this is today's situation. Um, it was Tropical Depression 7 when I made the slide this morning. Now the situation has changed quickly. Um, but uh, the point what I would like to show you here is that if a current storm is present during the hurricane season, we will change the display automatically to show the storm search map predictions that are based on the official storm track run from the National Hurricane Center. So the public, um, general public will see the latest official message from the National Hurricane Center. <clears throat> the CERA website provides a free login for emergency managers, uh, first-time respondents, media, or the research community. And a login allows you to access a variety of storm runs, including the storm archive uh, with many advisories from the past years. You have also access to different model runs customized to specific geographical regions. You can choose more overlay features and get in-depth information about particular situations. We display the full track information from the National Hurricane Center. And this was Hurricane Matthew in 2016, what you can see here. And we also include the official messages for potential areas of investigation. During active storms, experienced users are very often not only interested in the storm surge uh, prediction according to the official track from the National Hurricane Center, but also in so-called what-if scenarios. So our system allows to shift the track to the left or right, or to increase or decrease the wind speed, or to make changes in overland speed or maximum radius. 
And this allows emergency managers to evaluate the potential risk and to take action should the storm track change in the upcoming advisories. One of the most important features in storm surge prediction, uh, predictions is timing information. Uh, when can you expect the peak of the surge and at what height? So this is what many users are interested in. As Hurricane Irene approached the Atlantic coast in 2011, the US Coast Guard was concerned about the storm surge to inundate their command center in Virginia. And this is at a very low lying area. And they had a plan for evacuating um, their staff to a secondary command center in Missouri, but they needed solid guidance uh, on the timing and depths of storm surge at their location to make a go or no go decision. And they finally used the information on the CERA website to make the decision to evacuate. And the flood waters peaked exactly at the predicted time and causing the Virginia Command Center to go dark while the Coast Guard operations safely continued as normal from Missouri. And this was a great example on how critical timing information is and how it can be used to make a very informed decisions. Another feature that CIRA provides to make such decisions are real-time water level stations. And we have water level say, uh, stations from NOAA's National Ocean Service, the River Forecasting Centers, uh, USGS, and the US Army Corps of Engineers. We provide more than 1,000 real-time stations on our site that allow you really to see the real-time observed data and also the predicted water levels from the storm surge model. We normally forecast during a uh, storm for five full days and during daily conditions, three and a half day. Using these water level stations in combination with the storm surge um, maps help emergency managers to take important actions. During Harvey in 2017, the Texas uh, State Operations Center and the Texas Department of Transportation used the live storm surge model guidance from ATSOC on the CERA website to plan and execute the pre-landfall search and clear operations and also to make other official decisions impacted by storm surge. And one decision was to decide the timing of the Aranza Pass ferry shutdown. And this is what you can see with the red arrow here. And they used it uh, based on live zero storm surge guidance just by seeing or looking at the sea conditions at the ferry landing. Not all decisions that are made uh, made are based on worst case scenarios, though. Sometimes emergency managers also decide that a situation is not as bad as, as expected. 
So during the very active hurricane season 2017, one of the earlier storms um, was Tropical Storm Sini, a very slowly moving, nevertheless very large tropical system uh, that came ashore the Texas coastline. And the Texas State Operations Center and the Texas Department of Transportation were closely monitoring the water level rise because they are required to shut down the ferry from Galveston to the uh, Bolivar Peninsula uh, when the water level exceeds four feet above the mean tide le uh, level. So and without that ferry, they would have to drive all the way around Galveston Bay. So with Cindy's rising waters, the Texas Department of Transportation was planning to shut down the ferry as a precaution. But then the Texas officials used the real-time data through the Sierra website and they decided it was not necessary to shut down the ferry. And with that, the Texas National Guard uh, could use the ferry and eliminating the need for a longer drive all the way around Galveston Bay. Outside the hurricane season, we spend a lot of time to evaluate results and see how we can improve the model results and the presentation features. And one of the larger studies was done in cooperation with the Stevenson's Disaster Management Institute at Louisiana State University. And that was to evaluate the accuracy of the ATSOC storm search model based on model results for Hurricane Isaac from 2012. Hurricane Isaac was a category one storm and it brought unexpected high flooding to coastal communities along the Mississippi River in the New Orleans area in Louisiana. And comparing the model outputs from the storm search model with USGS flood maps showed an accuracy of 90% 58 hours before landfall. And it turned out that the slight underestimate was due to heavy rainfall because Hurricane Isaac brought huge amounts of water to the land coming from both the ocean but also from the sky. So this experience and feedback led to the decision to integrate a precipitation data to the CERA website. The CERA website development is always very much feedback and event driven. So the imagery comes from NOAA and can be overlaid on the storm search, uh, storm search maps to show the amount of rainfall additionally to storm search. And the pictures on this slide show the impacts of Hurricane Harvey in August 2017, which brought incredible amounts of rainfall up to unbelievable 60 inches in some areas. So over the recent years, more and more tropical events have also been huge rain events. But it is not only during tropical storms that you can experience such devastating impacts. Um, for instance, in March 2016, very heavy rainfall developed in Louisiana and 
continued for a total of four days. So the rainfall amounts have uh, over 20 inches uh, were recorded in a few locations before the rain ended. And huge parts of Louisiana got heavily flooded. Power went down and thousands of people were forced to evacuate. Seeing this general trend, we would like to go in a new direction. The question is, how can we combine storm surge with riverine flooding? And modeling a combined surge and flood situation is a very complex task because the tropical storm pushes the water from the ocean inland, while the overland flow caused by rainfall goes the opposite way. So currently, we are partnering with the US Army Corps of Engineers and a private company in Louisiana to develop a prototype using um, model outputs from the Corps' hydrologic model HECRES and combine it with storm search to deliver guidance for compound flood and inundation. And what you can see is a, here is a first prototype that we have developed. We hope to have it ready in a couple of weeks and uh, have it operational for the hurricane season 2021. Another approach to improve storm surge forecast guidance is the infrastructure consequence modeling. Uh, the Stevenson's Disaster Management Institute at the Louisiana State University worked with the state of Louisiana to build an infrastructure database with more than 150,000 data points. And overlaying those points on storm surge maps and creating the capability to fully explore the associated metadata for each of those points is the basis to build a consequence model. And such a model allows you to explore the height of the anticipated storm surge, but also to evaluate the impacts on critical areas, buildings, or structures. And first time responders can be sent to places with the highest priorities. And in the long term, these maps can help to model impacts of proposed coastal protection restoration projects. So this is also a planning tool. The CERA website has been utilized by agencies like Department of Homeland Security, FEMA, National Vessel Service, Department of Transportation, uh, US Coast Guard, uh, US Army Corps of Engineers, and others since 2008. And we provide not only the CERA web mapper, but also real-time services during storms, um, for instance, by delivering storm storm uh, storm scenarios on demand. So the left picture shows the use of CERA at the North Carolina State Emergency Operations Center during Hurricane Matthew in 2016. 
Another example was during Hurricane Florence, where personnel from the Texas State Operations Center and the Texas Task Force One used the CERA website to make their decisions. And this is the picture on the right. And as a result, the Texas Task Force One boat squads were deployed to New Bern in North Carolina, which appeared to be ground zero for early search and rescue operations. And this was another great example on how to use storm surge guidance to coordinate multi-state and over-regional emergency help. So last but not least, the development of the storm search model um, ATSERC and the CERA web visualization tool is always user feedback driven. So we try to reach out as much as we can through workshops, talks, uh, after event calls and strategic planning meetings. And the goal is to gather information and collect feedback to improve the functionality and usability of our products. The use of the CERA website has increased a lot over the recent years, and we would like to thank you very much, our partners and supporters. The CERA website is free and can be accessed via the URL CERA.coasterrisk.life. Uh, you can also obtain a free login if you belong to the emergency management um, media or the research community. Um, if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. We are happy to get in contact with you. And we also provide several tutorials for a more detailed explanation of the website's functionality. And with that, I would like to thank you for your time and thank you again for having me on this show. Thank you, Carola. Absolutely fascinating. Um, an amazing amount of information and data that goes into what you're doing and, and a lot of passion as well. And we appreciate that. Thank you for having this and making it available to anyone. If you want to go ahead and stop sharing your screen, um, if, if folks have questions, we can we can pass them along. Um, I can see why you need the fastest supercomputer at any university in the United States to make this work <laughs> because there's, there's so much data involved in this. Now, you said real time. Hurricane Center puts out an advisory. Uh, so how quickly is that information from your website available? Is it I mean, is it basically real time? Unfortunately, it's not in a snap, but we are trying <laughs> our best. Yeah. So um, as I said, we ping the Hurricane Center every minute to get the latest. Um, then we run it on supercomputers. And um, depending on the region, for instance, we have regional meshes for Texas. Everything is big in Texas, so is the mesh. So more than 4 million nodes, what we have there, while other regional meshes are smaller. So it, depending a little bit on the, on the region, it's out within one to two hours after the advisory from the National Hurricane Center. With that much data, that's still really quick. So that's impressive. I'm also impressed by the, the impact-based stuff that you talked about near the end. Um, it's not just data, but it's the impact it has. Um, and, and, and so many things along the coast that are, that are impacted by the storm surge. So that's important research. And how's that, how's that coming along? Is that something that's, that's you know, mature or has a ways to go yet? 
It has been a long way, to be honest. So very often we got feedback from our users saying, oh, this is amazing. And I can see here the height of the storm surge. But what does it mean? And it starts really, you know, by the by the normal user, I would say, looking at their home to see if it gets flooded. And then the question comes up, should I evacuate or not? And uh, telling them not only the height, but also what it means is very important. So saying these are the critical infrastructure buildings or, or um, other regions or the vulnerabilities of the population is very important for, um, especially for search and rescue. Good information. Rich Johnson says, great product. Thank you so much. He's watching. Rich Johnson's been one of our regulars. We appreciate Thank that. You. And Lou Fincher is watching this morning as well. Lou, good to see you on here. Bill, go ahead and jump in uh, with the notes that you've been taking and, and uh, take this to the next level. Well, if we got about three hours, I could cover everything. <laughs> uh, it is absolutely amazing to me how far you all have come in about the last 10 to 12 years. I attended a uh, meeting in the winter of 2009 over at LSU on just this, uh, the whole issue of storm surge. And uh, if I recall correctly, uh, uh, the, the the leading edge people in the in the AdCERC world then were, were saying to give a viable uh, product that could be used by an end user would take about six hours from for one run on the computing power they had then. So to, to be able to do within an hour or so what you're doing now is truly amazing. And a testament to where we've come in the computer world and in, in the GIS era. Uh, where do you see this capability going in the next 10 to 15 years? <laughs> we always see this as a mix and match between research and the development of the model itself and then putting it into operational mode, which are very often two different sides of the, of the story, right? So one thing is to improve the model itself. And there are a lot of very talented people uh, who are working on that. And, and one of is uh, as I mentioned, is bringing in new features like rainfall, which is a huge need uh, to really do that or to um, improve the model uh, with regard to the change of the mean sea level, which is not a constant value, but you have to adapt it all the time. Um, the other end is that we would like to make it operationally available as much as we can. And with seeing how incredibly the development of the supercomputer centers is, I think we have a lot of potential and uh, I hope that we can make it even quicker than we are right now. Great. Uh, uh, one question that came across my, my feed here was uh, about 10 to 15% of the population's red, green, colorblind and you guys in the weather world, myself included, are guilty of producing these shades of reds and greens and, they, and they, the point they make is, do you have a, a color scheme for the output that's amenable to people who are colorblind? Unfortunately, we don't, but it's great to hear this request uh, because we are very open to such uh, feedback. And um, the, the point with Sarah is that you cannot only look at the color-coded maps, but you can really also explore the attributes for each of the locations just by clicking on it and you will get this time series charts. And while this might not address your specific request, which I appreciate, um, it helps at least to read the results in a better way. Great, great. Uh, uh, 
What, so what procedures does an emergency manager or, or other end user uh, go through to request a, uh, a uh, what if scenario on an active storm? We try to be in contact with as many users as we can. And um, there's always the way to contact us directly through the website. So we have a, a contact email address there so they can just uh, shot an email and, and ask. And most of the time we react and just go back and ask for them for their specific needs. So this is always a, a person to person talk that we have. Great, okay. Uh, one thing I've been interested in, uh, do you do uh, uh, simulations like a, what if a 500 year uh, 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 hurricane event uh, were to hit the New Orleans area to, to see how the protection system upgrade uh, would uh, work in that event of that extreme a case? Yes, we do, um, especially outside from the hurricane center. So only last year we, made a run with the updated uh, bathymetry and topography in Louisiana, which changed rapidly, as you all know. And we made a rerun of Hurricane Katrina, just saying, what if Katrina hit the Louisiana uh, coast right now? And it was really amazing because the New Orleans area is pretty much protected, but the area in Mississippi, that, which was hit hardest, is still pretty much in danger. <laughs> Right, that's a, that's a whole different uh, uh, subject, trying to deal with that. Uh, yeah. One last question I had was uh, on your last topic there, modeling the rainfall flooding and, and the uh, surge. Is the, is the model output you're gonna get from the Corps of Engineers the uh, actual rainfall or is it the uh, river flood forecasting? It's the river flood. So this is a hydrolog hydrologic model that they provide. Yes. Excellent. Thanks for joining us on Hurricane Center. Produced by the Storm Science Network and made possible by USAA, South Padre Island Convention and Tourist Bureau, and Plylux Hurricane Clips. You can find other episodes on HurricaneCenterLive.com.